Thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a podcast introducing Jewish Federation of the Desert CEO, Alan Potash, to leaders, influencers, and people of interest in the Coachella Valley. I'm Jeff Hawker, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Alan Potash. Jeff. How are you doing? Jeff, I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm always thrilled when spring comes along. And you're wearing spring clothing. I am, you've you've yes. got your nice green <laughs> spring on. You blend in well with the Pellegrino uh, water up. Oh, they're not a sponsor, so let's not yeah. go there. But <laughs> Well, and I'm telling you, you know, with all the rains that we've had, the bloom that's going to happen throughout the desert and beyond is going to be fantastic so this year. Before we go on to our guests, tell me a little bit about the bloom, because several people have mentioned that the wildflowers just go crazy. Yeah, you know, um, it's right about now when it starts getting hot. And every, like even the cactus start blooming. Sometimes like the barrel cactus will have flowers all over them. And you don't see that very often. It only happens every couple years. But, you know, we've had so much rain this year. And luckily there's been no flooding. True, true. So keep me posted on the blooming flowers. I'd love to go see them. So who have you brought with us today? I have brought Sandra Schultz, who is the president of the Coachella Valley Symphony and also is a long-term member of the Auxiliary for Eisenhower Medical Center. Well, thank you and welcome, Sandra, to our offices. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. It's nice to meet you. And you also are in your spring colors. Yes. Uh, you mentioned to me when you came in that you like to celebrate holidays. Today happens to be St. Patrick's Day, not one that I practice or follow, but I do believe others do. Well, I'm not even close to Irish, but I believe in it. it's good to have fun when there's a holiday. So I've got shamrocks and green and I just like to have fun with it. Well, fun is always good. It's something that I try to work on on a regular basis, most of the time unsuccessfully. So tell us a little bit about you. What brought you to the Valley? Well, I uh, moved here in 1996. I've always loved the desert. And I think our desert is one of the most beautiful deserts in the world. And it happened to appeal to my husband because he was a golfer. So, of course, in addition to being the most beautiful desert in the world, the Coachella Valley is the golf mecca of the world. So it was a perfect idea for us to move here. And I've been here ever since. Did he have a favorite course to golf on? He liked the Indian Wells Resort, um, and he liked Desert Willow. Right. Yeah, Desert that. Willow, just the whole clubhouse and the yeah. grounds are spectacular. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that was nice. So I agree with you that the desert is beautiful, and Coachella Valley, I'm not a golfer, so I don't know too much about the golf courses, but I pretty much love every day that I'm here because of the sunshine. And now the weather is, is warming up a little bit. Um, but I think that it's just a, such a great place to, to be. So you came here in 1999. What, what, it, what really? 96. 96. And one of the requirements that I had and one of the reasons I was willing to move here is at the time there was an ice rink in the mall, in the Palm Desert Mall, <laughs> which used to be called Town Center Mall and now is called Westfield. And Westfield actually was the beginning of the end of the ice rink. But the ice rink, in, in an interesting way, is kind of, in some ways, the center of how my participation in nonprofits kind of started. My first nonprofit was really the figure skating club, 
because I immediately started skating as soon as I came here and got to know the skating community, which by the way, our desert was the home to one of the largest adult skating communities that I had ever seen anywhere in the country. Now, I, I'm going to say something that might be a little offensive. Isn't that kind of an oxymoron to have an ice skating rink in the desert? I'm pretty sure I'm not the first person to say that. but Well, you know, that's why, you know, uh, you, you have buildings with chillers and all that because <laughs> they kind of freeze it for you even if you're, you're in, in a place like this. But well, in the summer months, you really want a place to cool off. So Yes, that's true. And it was very popular. But my first nonprofit organization, although it wasn't a nonprofit at the time, I sort of made it one a few years later, was the figure skating club. And some of the members of the figure skating club were volunteers for the Coachella Valley Symphony. And that's that's how I got involved with the Coachella Valley Symphony. At almost the same time, maybe a year later, I became part of what was then the support organization for the symphony, which was called the League at the time. And I very quickly became the president of the League, where I was responsible for managing all the silent auctions, because we had two a year. I managed those. And also during my tenure as the league president, I also became the secretary on the board. So I became an officer on the board while I was uh, still uh, managing the league. And it was during that time that the symphony, uh, and I'm happy to say I had a lot to do with this, the symphony started their online ticketing program because before then it wasn't. And... As you know, I have a technical background, right. so you know if I'm going to manage something like ticketing or anything, there's going to be automation involved. There's going to be, if there is a way to have automated assistance, I'm going to try to figure out how to do that. So did you? Y- yeah, yeah. We have on, we've had online ticketing ever since, and that was early 2000s, maybe 2003. I don't remember the exact year, but it was right around 2003, maybe 2004. So, so did you do that as a, a volunteer when you're yes. on the secretary? Yeah. So when you're on the board, so yeah. as a volunteer, right, leading a, t- a technological transformation, did people it agree was. with you? And how much um, pressure did you have to be successful? Well, we had a few people that were a little worried about you know anytime you make a paradigm, this is a paradigm shift. Yes. Anytime you're involved in a paradigm shift there are going to be people that are worried about it, you know, because if what we did before worked, when you want to rattle everything and do it differently. Well, there's tremendous advantages to doing it differently in this case. And most people felt so it really wasn't, it wasn't a hard sell. It, it mercifully, it wasn't really a hard sell. <laughs> so, But when the first uh, crash happened with the, the database and everything, did they come... Well, we never had one of those, and to be truthful, our patrons were really happy about it. Our patrons uh, thought it was um, a good shift, and they were very pleased with uh, with how we were doing it. But I, I became involved, and I wanted to be involved in the symphony because the symphony, we don't just have concerts. I mean, that's a big activity, and it's really important. You know, we want to make sure that we sell out our concerts because we have such a a wonderful product that we know that the community will enjoy. 
But the Coachella Valley Symphony is also involved in educating children. So important. Our organization brings the gift of music instruction to children at no cost. We're involved with the schools. We even provide instruments. And we have youth orchestras that give children a pathway to the adult symphony. And many of them do end up in our adult, mostly volunteer orchestra. And so we're, I'm, I'm just really proud to be involved with it. Can I ask a, a question? Sure. How do you fund the educational part of the symphony? Uh, it's through donations uh, because we're, the Coachella Valley Symphony is uh, 501c3. We're able to get donations, uh, which helps us a lot. And in the past, we've had active participation by the school districts. And so that's, that's helped us as well. But it's just, I mean, I just think that the Coachella Valley Symphony does so much good just for bringing entertainment, quality entertainment, and music instruction to children. It's, I, it's just such a worthy cause. Where, where do you perform, or what does the symphony perform mostly? Uh, you have something exciting to announce what happened last year. Well, this is really exciting for us. Uh, our current venue for this season is the outdoor amphitheater in Rancho Mirage in the Rancho Mirage Community Park on San Jacinto. And that's just west of the river. Uh, and we're really excited. And most of our concerts are free, uh, which we're also excited about. And we're really pleased to have so much support from the city of Rancho Mirage. They have become our primary partner in making all of this possible. That's great. And, and we probably wouldn't be here talking about it were it not for the city's support for our our efforts. Is there a regular season that the Coachella, Symph- Coachella, Coachella Valley Symphony is performing? Yeah, we typically we have four concerts per year, and this venue is supporting the same general schedule that we've had for several years. We have a, uh, a concert uh, the last Sunday in October, this kind of our Halloween concert. And then in January, we have the best of stage and screen. And then in March, well, this March, we're having uh, John Lodge of the Moody Blues on March 26th, which is almost sold out. Uh, and we're really excited about that one. And then on April 30th, which is our final concert, we typically have four per year. We'll finish our season on April 30th with a very unusual concert in which we've partnered with Disney, in a sense, because our symphony is going to be playing to selected clips from Disney movies. And so it's something that it's a very unusual thing. We've never done it. Our orchestra has never done it. And I'm not sure anybody in the desert has done it. Do you know, Well, and these are first-run movies. This is Pocahontas, Lion King, Little Mermaid, you know, so... It, it's one of those concerts that the whole family would love to come to. And it's free. Yes. I mean, that, that's one of the things that's been great with the city of Rancho Mirage. And I bring it up because I always like to have some tie-in because Jewish Federation is right across the street from City Hall. Um, they provided a grant with the caveat that most or 
yeah, pretty much most of the concerts are free to the public. So, and the venue is gratis and all that as well. So, who gets, a great partnership. Who gets to pick the clips, the movie clips for the perfor- uh, for question. the performances? Who's picking those? For this particular event, it is a pre-done package called... Disney in Concert Around the World. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. So what they do is Disney licenses this particular package that has the graphics from each of the movies. It looks really cool. It's high color, high gloss uh, image. But then they uh, provide the clips, provide the scores to John Mario, who's the conductor. And then... Somehow he does the magic and he does it together. It, where is it and how many people can attend? I mean, it sounds like a pretty popular event. Well, the venue can easily seat 700 people, and we've had more than that. Uh, it's And the acoustics, I, if, if you haven't been to that amphitheater, the acoustics are superb, absolutely superb to really almost any of the other venues where I've, because I've heard the Coachella Valley Symphony play in a number of venues, and I really think the acoustics in this park are top-notch. It's exceptional. Great, great. And that's an evening program. Yes. Because I have a program that same day in the morning and early afternoon. I don't want people to get nervous about that, (laughs) but uh, it's great. So you've been in the Coachella Valley since 1996. Yes, what other exciting things do you partake in besides parties and symphonies <laughs> oh, and uh, I, uh, figure skating? I mean, what kind of other well, things? One of, one of the things that it kind of one thing led to another, uh, skating and the people that I met because I skate led me to the symphony. And then the symphony board, one of the members was also on the board of Eisenhower Auxiliary and he invited me to join the board of the auxiliary back in 2004. So I've been on the auxiliary governing board since 2004, and uh, that led eventually to me being the president of the auxiliary for three years, which at the time was, we were term limited. Presidents used to have term limits. So I was, I termed out after three years. Uh, But I stayed on the board because uh, I believe in the cause of Eisenhower and uh, the auxiliary. A lot of people don't know this. The auxiliary was founded by Dolores Hope before the hospital ever opened its doors. Mm -hmm. The auxiliary was founded in 1969, and we had our 50th anniversary in 2019. And she had some very famous friends that put money up for the hospital. Well, yes, and she was one of the biggest forces behind the original fundraising that got the hospital built. And she was also involved in managing the hospital for quite some time. So the auxiliary uh, was for originally for fundraising, and it also was launched the creation of the volunteer force at Eisenhower, which is has been tremendous over the years and has really helped Eisenhower provide better patient care and has saved the hospital millions of dollars over the 50 years that the volunteer force has existed because volunteers 
as I learned very quickly uh, after I became president, I used to hear staff members talking about how if they happened to serve a shift where there was no volunteers, they felt like they hardly got anything done. And they said they just were so impressed by how much work they could get done when there were volunteers present because the volunteers took a lot of the burden off of them so the employees can do things that only they can do. That's, and that's huge. Yep, that's very true. That's yeah. true. And most organizations where volunteers are able to use their skills to mm -hmm. help out the staff. Right. It's very important. So you've been in the Valley for uh, almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. What are some of the challenges that you've seen resolve over time? Oh, resolved over time? Or maybe not well, yet resolved. Well, I'll, I'll have one for you. I'll ha I have one for you. Uh, the skating rink in the mall has, comes back to figure skating. Um, the figure skating, the, the rink in the mall, which was open when I moved here, and one of the reasons I was willing to move here, it almost closed. It closed briefly in 1998, and of course there was an uprising of skaters. And fortunately, at that time, we were able to get the city to agree to let the Rex department uh, kind of take over the management of the rink and for a nominal fee. So the rink stayed open for three more years. But then Westfield finally got its way. They don't like ice rinks in malls. So their goal was to close the rink. And unfortunately, the skating community just isn't big enough to have enough influence to have changed that particular outcome. So the skating community was without a proper rink from 2001 until 2011 when the rink in Cathedral City opened. And that was open until COVID shut it down in March of 2020, never to reopen. So you, you asked me for an example of something that's been resolved. Well, the advent of the Acrisure Arena, and God bless the Oakview group for wanting to come to the Coachella Valley and build it, we now have a training center which is open to the public. So we have, for the first time in the history of the Coachella Valley, we have regulation ice that is open to the public. That's never been true, and that's a huge event for the skating community. And I can't tell you how happy I am about that. That's incredible. Now there's a practice rink there. Do you yes, also yeah. have- The training facility is okay, so but but just the public doesn't have access to where the hockey games are played, the main rink. No, the, the actual arena where the games are played uh, the public does not go there to skate. The training facility, which was built primarily for the team so that they would have a place to train, um, since they don't need it 24-7, when they don't need it, the public has access. They have hockey leagues. Um, there's a skating school, and there's also uh, freestyle sessions for figure skaters, public sessions for adults, and public sessions for the general public. So we now have access to high quality ice and a large sheet. It's NHL regulation ice. That's incredible. Yeah. And is that financed by the company that put the They together? brought their own. I mean, this is such a gift. They brought their own resources. They didn't ask any of the cities 
to fund the construction. They came here, and I have to give major kudos to the Berger Foundation because they provided the land, and it wouldn't have happened without the partnership that occurred between the Oakview Group and the, the Berger Foundation. So we have, in my opinion, those two groups the skating community and and the community in general, because I think this is a real resource for the community, uh, has much to be grateful to those two organizations. That's for a, that's it a here. that's a great story and a yeah. great way for us to end our podcast today, because that's a positive note. Yes, that it is, is a chance. That's a transformational piece for this area, and it is a phenomenal space. It is, and I think this. And I I questioned, you know, again. Who brings an ice skating rink to the desert? But it has many more purposes than just ice skating. Yes, yes, entertainment. Well, and most of it's below ground, so it made sense that it was cooler underground. Originally, just a quick side note, originally they were going to do it in Palm Springs. And I think that this is so much better location. There's plenty of parking. It's accessible from the freeway. It was going to be right in downtown Palm Springs, and everybody was like, "Where is people going to park?" Oh, this is this is <laughs> much much better, Mid Valley, and of course, it's not far from where I live. So, of course, I'm. Yeah, <laughs> so you yeah, love yeah, it. I love it. Well, Sandra, thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Well, thank you for inviting me. And I look forward to experiencing some of these things you've talked about already. The, the Disney yes. show, the ice skating, anything you left out that we should know about? Uh, I can't think of anything. Uh, just uh, coming to the concert would be great. Um, I hope to at some point produce uh, a show for the community at the ice rink because our figure skating club would like to do that at some point. So we're hoping maybe in the next year or so that we'll be able to host a show for the public to see some nice top-level skating. Please let me know about that, and we'll talk about it. And if people want more information on the symphony? CoachellaValleySymphony.com, or is it CVSymphony.com? CVSymphony.com. Jeff, you want to take us out? This has been Getting to Know You. Thank you again, Sandra, for visiting us today. Thank you for listening to all of our listeners out there. This podcast is, can be found on Apple Podcast and other podcast forums. Jeff, thank you very much. Well, Easy thank you.